Welcome to the To Tell Us Die podcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly and we are on a still journey. So we've been talking about leaning, leaning on God. And sometimes that can feel easier said than done, but I believe that God is giving us the revelation of leaning. And I hope that you are listening and subscribed to these podcasts so that you can stick with us. Today, I have a friend with me who I love so very much. Janelle King is a world changer. You are a force to be reckoned with. I'm telling you, girl, you have so much inside of you. It's been so much fun to watch the anointing on your life and to see what God is doing through you. And so I cannot wait for people to hear your story because you have not always had the story of being on fire for Jesus and being a wrecking ball for him. So I want the listeners today to really settle in and hear about the goodness of our God and what he is able to do in impossible circumstances, impossible sadness, impossible depression, oppression, and your story of mental illness. And we were talking about this right before pushing the record button, that mental illness is really anything, even a smidgen outside of the mind of Christ. It is when we are mentally out of line. And of course, there are varying degrees of mental illness. There are, okay, I'm overcome with anxiety. Now I'm you know, climbing higher to depression. Now I'm over in suicide. Now I'm over here. And so we understand that mental illness has different degrees and different, um, you know, expressions of mental illness. And we also understand that there are chemicals that play into the mind, but we know that the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit is with us and for us. And God is able He is able to come and heal us. We know this. And so if you have somebody that you love that has been battling anxiety, battling mental illness, then you can listen in today and learn some more from Janelle's story, or maybe it's you. Maybe you think, I feel like I'm losing my mind. I feel like I have craziness inside of me. I just want to calm your fears right now and say, it's going to be okay. And the father knows you. He knows what you're going through. He knows you so well. He knows every single hair on your head and he is coming to your rescue. He's not thinking about coming to your rescue. He is here today. So just lean into him and let's go into Janelle's story. Janelle, thank you so much for being here. You have three beautiful girls. You have a baby. It takes a lot to arrange something like this. So thank you for being here. I want to start off by going way back to when you were just um, a little girl And there's going to be a change in the story later on when you met your husband, Brooke. But I want to go back to little Janelle and what was life like for her? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, Jenny. Yes. Um, It really was when I was little from a very young age. I, I just remember my parents, people saying, find your gray because I was just extreme happy or extreme sad child. Um, and I, and I grew up not having a relationship with Jesus. I of course knew of him, but as I share this story, um, at this point in my life, I didn't have a relationship with him. And so I grew up really with that same, I would have really highs, really lows and this depression. Um, I, I didn't even know it was depression at the time. This just darkness would overcome me. Um, wow. How early do you remember this happening? Well, I remember before it was like second, third grade where really the self hate 
And I just had such a distorted image of self. Wow. Um, that is that, so young. Yes, because I was a dancer and I just remember being in tears of just things I would have to wear to be on stage because I had such a distorted view of my self-image. Um, and that self-hate was really already trying to enter at that point. And so through that, it would create a darkness that would come over me because of so much self-hate. And that really continued through my elementary years. Um, by the time I was in eighth grade, my parents, and I had amazing parents, they, they didn't know what to do though with this darkness that would come over me. So I started seeing a counselor and I got put on medication in eighth grade. Right, um, because they're doing everything they can to help you yeah. find stability and find joy. Yes, correct. Um, and so I was put on um, just at that point, just some antidepressants to try to really stabilize me and stabilize my moods. Um, but what happened was it, that just continued. The darkness would get darker okay. and then I would be fine for, I could be months at a time and actually like, not just fine. I would be doing great. Like okay. life would be amazing. And then I would get back into, I would call it this funk where this darkness would just overtake me. And when the darkness would overtake me, my mind, I would actually hold onto my head Wow. Because it would just shake. And I wow. just wanted my mind to stop racing in that, that, that darkness, that heaviness to go away. Um, but I didn't know what to do. And so I would find, um, I remember even being in high school and, and like, I'm a very clean person, but I would yes, wrap myself are. around toilet because it was like, I had such a low self-worth that that was like my safe place. And it's so gross to think about now. Um, but it was really just like wrapping in a tight ball because I literally just wanted to fall through the ground because this mm -hmm. darkness was so heavy. Um, well, you think about a toilet and what it's designed to do is to wash away everything that is wow. waste. Yeah. So you felt like you were waste. Yep. You felt like you had no worth mm -hmm. and that you were just debris. Yeah. And that you were really meant to be flushed yes. away. And so when we see behaviors like that, we know those are demonic yeah. because there is no way that there is not an external force working its way into that. Yes. There's no way that a human being by themselves is going to find comfort, quote unquote, comfort in that. This is a display of demonic activity for sure. Mm -hmm. And I bet your parents were totally scared. They were probably oh feeling goodness. totally helpless. They, they were doing absolutely the best they knew how. And yes. so you just went high or you went low. Mm -hmm. And this is really scary, really. This, mm -hmm. this, this is like, you know, what are we going to do? So take us on to what happened next. Yeah. So just even with like my parents, they, they took the mirrors out of my bedroom, took the mirrors out of bathroom. Cause I did, couldn't even look in the mirror because I had so much hate. How did and they I just, know that you, oh, you, did because you slam I actually the mirrors? like broke a mirror and wanted to, to cut my face, um, was cutting my face with it because I didn't want to look at myself. And so they really were doing everything possible to help me manage, manage what was going on in my life at that time. Um, so by sophomore year, this, this darkness overcame so thick that it was, became suicidal thoughts and I didn't want to live. I, you know, when you, when you have suicide, suicidal thoughts, you actually don't want to live because you think everybody around you will be better off That's without right. you there. That's right. It's a, it's, it's deception. It's a lie that I had agreed with that actually my parents, my family, my friends would be better if I was no longer there. Well, it's the toilet. Yeah. 
It's the, I need to flush what's unwanted, what's stinky away. Yeah. Yeah. And so by sophomore year, um, I, I was suicidal. And so my parents, my counselor at the time, I ended up getting put into a hospital. Um, really it was just for managed care. I needed 24 seven watch. And so that just was, I mean, even prior to that, I'd had a 24 seven watch just through counselors. Um, because I was so unstable of even in my own skin, I knew that I was unstable if I would hurt myself or not. Did you feel out of control? Did you feel scared of yourself? Yes. Yes. Wow. You thought, what am I going to do to myself? Yes. Did you feel like you were two people in one body? I did. Okay. So would you, would you conclude just what you know now about Mm -hmm. the supernatural? Would you conclude that if I felt like there's more than one person in me, that that was a demonic presence? And it wasn't me. I wasn't one person making a decision, but there were multiple voices, multiple influences inside of my head. Yes. Trying for, to influence For what me. I know now. Yes. Yeah. But before I just had agreed with what the counselors and psychiatrists were telling me. And that, that was when I went on to continue getting more counseling, continue more medication, stabilizers, you know, everything that the world said. And when I got a label from the world that I was bipolar, I was actually so excited. Right. Because it felt like you could lean yes, on so something I, now. Correct. And I fully leaned on that thing. I got books. I got everything I could learn about how to live a life, how to be a parent someday. And this was, I think, you know, at a younger age of how to live wow. a life, how to be, live in the workplace with mental instability. And so that was like, okay, put on this label, found out who I was and I was excited. I just knew that there was ups and downs then from there on out. Well, what's exciting is that you've gone from a person who doesn't even know how to live without being watched 24 seven. So you're like, I can't live this way. So I want to end my life. And now this diagnosis and these resources, which Mm -hmm. some of them are probably valid. Yeah. You know? But now, now I can see why that would feel like hope though, because now I could actually live my life and maybe I won't kill myself. Maybe I could be a mom. Maybe the dreams mm-hmm. inside of me that we know that God put there. Now I can maybe have a somewhat normal life and I can manage this mm-hmm. illness. Yes, correct. And so that, I mean, that just really went on all the way through college years. Um, I ended up getting married out, you know, and there would be highs and lows. And sometimes when there was like a big event in my life, then that would be immediately followed. And I just would know it would be followed by a very dark, dark low. Some of the lows were deeper than other lows required greater care from my family. Um, Sorry, I'm interrupting, but I'm just curious. Were there triggers that you ever identified that you were like, okay, this, this particular thing is sets me off. Yes, I did. Um, in my, my mom and dad closely knew that it was like, if I had a something really good, because like if I ran a marathon and okay. knowing immediately after something high, there would be a pretty dark crash. Okay. And so that was just kind of the trend that we saw. Like I mean, achievement versus now I'm not achieving. So I'm going to go as, as high as I went, I'm going that far low. Yes. Okay. Exactly. And so that just went on and I went on after college to get married and I was married for a few years and it was very hard on marriage. Um, I mean, it was hard on my parents, but it was hard on in a, in a marriage relationship on that spouse because you're so unstable and like it was so many counseling appointments, so much psychiatrist appointments, um, monitoring medications because medications with mental instability are 
oftentimes medications that have to be monitored heavily um, okay. to be stabilized. And then the side effects are all not fun. Um, and so what happened was after a couple of years of being married, my ex-husband was just tired of it. And he just, he didn't love me anymore. And, and it was, I can only imagine the, how hard it was to deal with. Um, and so he ended up wanting a divorce, but what that did for me is I hit rock bottom. Yeah. I ended up finding myself, um, in a church and I had had people all along this whole time reaching out to me about Jesus. But what happened was when I hit that rock bottom, I found myself in a church where I had gone to a wedding and that was my, I mean, that was really my turning point. And I kept showing up to this church service every Sunday and I would call my mom on the way home and I would be like, mom, this darkness just overtakes me so bad. And it was even worse on Sundays. And I would go home and I would sit on the side of my bed curled up in a ball because this darkness would get so thick on Sundays after church. My goodness. Not knowing what this was, still holding on to this label of bipolar. I mean, just not knowing the demonic activity, knowing it was bipolar. The enemy was moving in on you so hard. He was trying to stop anything that would bring you freedom. Yes. Yes. And so went on to, um, I signed up for a conference um, that summer, a couple months later, and ended up asking Jesus to be Lord of my life. Not just knowing that he was there, but really surrendering my life. Like, will you be Lord? Oh, that's beautiful. And he swept in and just began changing some of my desires. Um, so my actions began changing after that, that, that day. But, but I still was Janelle, the mental instability, right? That still was me. But what happened was... Um, God had, you know, he was pursuing me. He had said, quit your job and I'm going to heal your heart. And, and I had gotten divorces by this point. And just a few months later, so I did, I quit my job, just baby Christian faith, quit a career that I had worked high, hard to get to where I was because I needed Jesus in my life. Wow. I needed some sort of healing. And I had sought out at this point, I was seeking um, chiropractor. I was seeking acupuncture. So I was, I had somebody like reading new life over me. I was like that, that woman at the well that had tried everything, everything Amazing. to try to get healing. Um, even one of my, one of the, um, psychiatrists I saw was like doing tarot card reading. I mean, like I was like, whatever I want, there has to be some you sort of additional of healing. Yes. You're in torment and you want out. Yes. And so I just praise God for your tenacity, Janelle. Like I don't look at, somebody that's this tenacious and go, Oh, look at them run to all the wrong things. Mm -hmm. I look at, thank God. I think that is such a miracle that you have that type of tenacity in you because really the worst thing would be to give up and not try, but, but this tenacity drove you to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, um, and not, not saying that there's some of those things that I was seeking, there are positive avenues to that. But for me, I had tried everything, extended everything. And what happened was I knew that I wanted to be, so I was then doing good at this point in my life. And I knew that I wanted to be married again. I loved being married. I, I just knew I wanted a partner. And so I ended up getting online um, at this point I was living by myself, newly saved, um, seeking Jesus, attending a church. And I knew I wanted to be married. So I got online and that's when my, my now husband reached out to me on an online dating site. And we went on our first date and on our very first date, I'm sitting across from the table from him 
We had talked one time on the phone. This was the only person I talked to off of an online dating site. I'm sitting across from the table from him. And I'm like, you just need to know that I have bipolar. I'm very mentally unstable. <laughs> been in and out full of the disclosure. Hospital. Yes. It was like, here is a full meal deal, right? Because I'm not about to get into a relationship with somebody that's not willing to take on this whole baggage. Take on you. Take on me. Yeah. Because you're a big problem at this point. Yes. I mean, it, it was a lot to handle yes. for my loved ones. I did yes. not take that lightly. I see how much yeah. it was. Um, so that very first day, praise God for this man, because he looked across the table at me and he said, there is nowhere in the Bible that says any of that. And he just began speaking truth to me and that we have an enemy out there that is trying to steal, kill and destroy my life. And that God just came to give me life and life abundantly. And he, he pointed out just all these different places in the Bible that talked about deliverance and freedom. And it's like, I had been reading my Bible, but was clouded to anything that had said the word deliverance. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, oh my goodness, this says it all throughout the Bible. Or demons. Yeah. A lot of people say they've never seen it before. And all of a sudden it showed up in their Bible. Yes. It was everywhere. It's Mm -hmm. everywhere. The whole New Testament is about that. But for some reason, I i mean, I was deceived. I was, my eyes were literally clouded from reading about that. And so I realized, wow, this can be for me. And so I took hold of that truth that day and was like, I want this. Whatever he's talking about, this freedom from oppression, that, that, that's my answer. That can be my answer. And it wasn't even a week later that I met with some friends and got prayed with and kicked the enemy out of my life because I was oppressed. And now I can see that I, I was tormented. I was living with spirit of fear and I had to break all these agreements, um, with what the world had told me that I was. Let's talk about that really quick. The power of agreement, Mm -hmm. the things that we agree with and the things that we disagree with. Tell me about that. Well, now I see I had agreed with whatever. I was so um, desperate for answers. And sometimes out of that place of desperation, we're willing to agree with anything that the world tells us. Right. And so that's what I had done. I had made a point of agreement that this is who I am and what the world told me, that I am mentally unstable, that I am bipolar. So I had to really renounce and break those agreements so then I could agree with who God said that I was. That's right. And that's what I would see manifested. I mean, truly, when I agreed with that I was bipolar, I actually saw that get deeper and deeper, darker, darkness moments that would come into my life because Mm -hmm. I had made that point of agreement. Mm -hmm. That's right. So demonic activity, I feel that we should just share this really quick. Uh, when, When we see demonic activity, what I want the listeners to know is that it's not this random, like the devil jumps out of a bush and jumps on you. And now you got like the virus, you got the demon virus. That's not how Mm -hmm. it works. And so, um, but I do want to share a little bit about how it does work. You know, the demons work through the bloodline. Um, They work through very much through the bloodline. So a lot of times we can look back and there is mental illness all the way through the bloodline. And if we really know our grandparents and their parents, we can start seeing the same patterns. And so in my family, it was alcoholism, uh, divorce, big time. Um, My family doesn't struggle with other things that other families struggle with, but that was a very, very big thing. So through the bloodline, but Jesus himself, when he went to the cross, he was brutally torn to pieces, which sounds Sounds like too much. Those words I'm even saying, they sound like too much, but Jesus was brutally, brutally beaten and his blood was shed and he was beaten in order to break 
the, the iniquity, the repetitive sin, the sin that just keeps showing up in the bloodline and it shows up in the next generation, shows up in the next generation. And Jesus did break that. And so we have to come into agreement with it. And then um, demons can also come through rebellion. When we intentionally uh, look at God, um, his instruction and say, nope, not going to do it, doing my own thing. And so we open doors to the demonic there. So there, there's much more teaching. We don't have time to really open that up. But the, the main point here is, is that Jesus shed his blood to overcome all oppression and of the devil. But I also want you to know that because of the bloodshed of Jesus Christ, we stand in authority over the demonic realm. So there's nobody that just has to become a victim of demonic oppression. You went from a victim of demonic oppression because you didn't know that you could disagree with it. And then you came into agreement with the blood of Jesus and the healing blood of Jesus. Now, what I want to do is I want to talk about what happened next, how you went from leaning on what the world says about you, even what the doctors say about you, which thank God for doctors. Yes. Thank God for doctors and thank God for medication. There is a place for medication Absolutely. always. And we're not telling any listener to get off medication. Don't do any of that. You have to um, stay with the counsel of your physician because we know that chemicals are a very real thing. Um, listening to Caroline Leaf and her teaching on the brain and the chemicals and how science adds up to the um, biblical nature of our bodies is so great. It's so it's so helpful to understand that these these things coincide. But what we have to know is that we are blood bought and we've been purchased, and so therefore we come into agreement with a new creation in us. The old Man. nature in us is broken down, but the new nature in us can be built back up and we can bear the image of Christ, which is in freedom. And so here we are. We have a journey in front of us that I want, I want Janelle, I want you to explain what you went from leaning on. You went from leaning on one thing to leaning on the word and not in a religious way. I want you to walk us through the transformation of your mind because that is where the battle is. The battle is in our agreements in our mind. Mm -hmm. So explain that process to us. I want to add really quick before yes. I say that, because I think a lot of people think when, when I talk about that, I was set free from oppression, that I was delivered, that that's like their like end moment, but that's really just was the beginning moment for me. That's right. And so when you talk about leaning, the scripture that you just quoted was one of the scriptures that I held so tightly to that I'm a new creation in Christ and that my old self had passed away. And so I knew from that day forward that any thought I had that wasn't in alignment with my new self was actually part of my old self. Trying to, trying to stay alive. Yes. And so I, I was just resolute in that decision because I had tasted freedom too much to ever go back to the pit of oppression where I had so lived. Bad. And so I held on to the word of God because I didn't know who I was at this point, who God said that I was, because I had lived for so long with what the world, leaning on what the world told me. And so I took the word of God and put the word to work in my life. And, and what that looked like was leaning on like I said, that scripture, I took a couple scriptures that I have the mind of Christ and I would meditate on these. I would say them out of my mouth and, and I didn't even fully believe it at first. Right. But because you're believing what you've always believed yeah. and you have to change the brain trail. That is renewing. That is renewing your mind. It's not me. The part of renewing your mind that I'm doing is actually picking up the word 
digesting it and speaking it out, but it's the word that does the washing and the rewiring in our mind. And so that's what I did is I just began leaning on that word, leaning on the truth. If a thought would come, I, I work at becoming a master at capturing my thoughts and making them obedient to his word. And so if something comes that those year, those, that year leading up to it, that didn't line up with the word, it was refuting it with the word. That's right. And so when a thought would come and say that you're not actually set free or you, you know, cause these, they would try, the enemy will try to come back and say, you know, that freedom didn't really happen. And that happened yeah. that whole first year. And I would out of my mouth say, no, I have the mind of Christ. I am a new creation in Christ. And I just began declaring the word over myself that eventually it was like, oh, she is set free. Amen. Yeah. And so that's just been, honestly, though, that was the first year was really reading the word, declaring the word, but that has been my tool. Yes. It is every Christian's tool, but that is how I live my life is leaning on the word. If something bubbles up in me that I'm like, this doesn't feel righteous. Um, I will find some scripture that is the truth because those feelings are true, but I will find scripture that is truth and declare that truth over my life. So we know that people who find or discover counterfeit money, Mm -hmm. they study and train for that by studying the real thing Mm -hmm. and they memorize the real thing and they study it to its very finest detail so that when something comes along, they go, wait, something's off. Yes. They recognize something's off. And so let me ask you this. This is just one of those questions that we can laugh at later, but what would your life look like right now had you gone through the deliverance prayer Yeah, because you sat down with some friends and the devil got his butt kicked? Mm -hmm. He really did. And he got out of there and you felt free and you felt it that day. Had you got up from that point and not opened your Bible and just said, well, I'm just going to go to church every Sunday. What would, where would you be right now, Janelle? I'd be back in the pit. Yep. I would be back in the pit because you have to renew your mind. We overcome by renewing our mind. That's how we're transformed into new creations is by taking his word and putting it to work. That's right. I've been with so many people over the last 10 years prayed with them and I've seen the devil flee out of their body. Not the, mm-hmm. not the literal devil, but the demons yes. that work for him. But demonic, uh, like casting out demons is very simple and it's not difficult. It is not hard. I used to be all scared about that. Like, oh God, please don't mm-hmm. let me. I don't want this type of ministry. It's so messy. It's so weird, you know? And then he walked me through it and it was like, well, that was easy. You know, it's as easy as you, you can run from a mouse in the room or you can get a broom and sweep him out. You know, it's, it's like that. It's it like, is. you know, at the end of the day, I am bigger than a mouse and I have a broom and I'm just going to whack him, you know, and that's like deliverance. But Janelle, what you went through in your deliverance experience was no different than the dozens of people I've prayed with as well. The difference is there are some people that held on to some freedom for a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. They would not renew their mind in the word of God. They would mm-hmm. not. They would not, they might come to church every once in a while or just hope that the church service holds them together. And I love my church. I think our church is incredible, but it is not enough to renew your mind. And I've seen people go one way or the other after this deliverance moment. Mm-hmm. They either go off a cliff again 
and sometimes even worse than before, which the Bible talks about that, or they go on to be a demon slayer, to be a threat to the demonic realm, which is you. You are, when you step on the scene, it is like you make the devil shake in his boots. You do. But I I know for a fact that I've known you long enough. I've known you through this whole process. I've watched you wrap, eat, digest. I mean, you did a deep dive into the Mm -hmm. word of God and you weren't trying to religiously memorize. You weren't trying to like, Hey, I'm a Christian now. So I'm just going to go ahead and like, like really just read my Bible now. No, you were like, I'm going to make this my mind. And so when the enemy comes along with a counterfeit bill, you, and here's the thing, the enemy doesn't come around along with monopoly money. Cause if, if I, if I went to the store today and gave them monopoly money to pay for something, they would laugh. Right. Because it's so far right? The enemy doesn't use monopoly money. He doesn't come in with horns and a tail. That would be so convenient, but he comes in counterfeit bill. And guess what? If somebody handed me a counterfeit bill, I wouldn't know because I don't know money well enough. And I've seen it a lot, but I, but I'm just sensing that people are like, well, I, I know the Bible. Like I read it here and there, but, but could you, could you spot a counterfeit $1 bill? I've been dealing with money for 40, well, not probably 45 years. I'm 45 years old. So probably 42 years. I've seen money in my hands, but I'm not a specialist because I haven't meditated on it. I haven't studied it. So what I saw you do, Janelle, is I saw you get in the word and make it the fiber of your being. So I want you to give these listeners some practical steps on how you took the word. What did you, when we say meditate, what does that look like? Give us some practical steps because we know this, the word of God will not return void. And when it is in a revelation and it becomes inward, it's over. The battle is won. So give us some practical steps. Yeah. Well, our Bibles have a glossary. An actual paper Bible has a glossary for a reason. Um, So so no matter what (laughs) it is that you're facing, if it's fear, if it's regret, if it's grief, if it's, I mean, anger, the list can go on and on. No matter what it is, the Bible is, is the standard. The Bible is my truth for all things. So no matter what it is that you're facing, you can look up scriptures. You can also Google, you know, but I, I really love an actual Bible because there's something about visually when you open your Bible and it says to look at you know, his perfect love casts out fear. If it's fear that I'm dealing with, I'm going to find that scripture in my actual Bible so that my eyes see where it's out on the pages. I'm going to write it in my journal. I'm going to declare it out of my mouth. And I, I love journaling and meditating it on my journal. Sometimes I will write that scripture in a fancy way because I'm just meditating on those words. I'm letting them wash over me that his perfect love casts out fear. I'm letting those words seep into my inner being and just declaring it. And then the next day, you know, you may forget what you read, but you're going back to that journal That's and you're right. meditating on those words again. Sometimes I think we can get so caught up in um, two different things I hear is that I don't understand the Bible. And so that's yeah, why people that's don't, don't read it. But here's the deal with the word it is alive. The, I mean, he even said that, that he is the word. So God is that's the right. word. And so his word is alive and active and it washes over us. And so I just encourage you, even if it doesn't make sense to you, when you are reading it and, and letting it just go into you, it, it is doing a work that you don't even know that it's doing. And so that's one big thing I hear. And then I'm forgetting what the second thing that I hear. Um, 
I'm forgetting what the second thing was, but really it's just, it's finding a truth that counteracts what the lie is. And sometimes we don't know what the lie is, but you know, you know, when something doesn't feel like truth. And so that's what I do. Even yesterday I had something pop up and I'm texting my husband saying, I don't, this doesn't feel right. You know, I was just dealing with something. And so I got some scripture and I wrote out like six scriptures on this thing. There you go. And I'm like, no. And then even today it popped back up and I was like, nope. And I refuted it with, with one of those scriptures that I'm holding on to as God's just renewing my mind in a new area. That's right. And so I lean on the word of God for everything. And I even am teaching my kids, we lean on the word of God for everything. Okay, where is that thought? And now is that truth? Because I don't think that there's anybody too young that no. can take hold of capturing your thoughts and identifying, is that truth or is that a lie? That's right, because it's camouflaged. Mm-hmm. So this has been so much fun having you here because of the revelation that you're bringing and your life is so victorious. Before we end, I want you to describe to us a day in the life of your emotions now that you have freedom in Christ. Like, let's compare that to 15 years ago, Janelle. 15 years ago, what would today look like as compared to now, emotionally? Wow. Um, I mean, when I think of emotionally, I just think of like, I'm so overwhelmed with just joy, with love. Um, And if it was 15 years ago, if I didn't have the truth that I have now, I wouldn't be the mom I am today. I wouldn't be the wife I am today. I wouldn't be the friend I am today. Um, So, yes, I mean, it it is literally, it's God's work in me. Um, It's his grace. It's his mercy. Amazing. That I'm here today. Amazing. Because I wanted people listening to know that everything that we're talking about is not about doing religious things. And those religious things somehow make us feel better because mm-hmm. we're doing them. What I wanted the listener to hear is the fruit. Yeah. The fruit that always comes from a root. And we get rooted in the word of God. We get rooted in the presence of God. We get rooted in the truth. Mm-hmm. The fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all of it. We get all of it, Janelle. Mm-hmm. We get all of it. All the, all the fruit that you could not have before. And a bad root produces bad fruit, mm-hmm. right? Depression, sadness, suicide, um, unworthiness, hopelessness, all that mm-hmm. fruit. And so I just sense the Lord saying, I want to reroute you. You know, sometimes he reroutes us and he is rerouting us and he's rerouting us. The other thing that I'm picking up on is everybody that I'm interviewing is referring to writing. Every single person. And I'm interviewing victorious overcomers. That's who ends up on these podcasts with me. People who I've observed have overcome something difficult, something common, but overcome things that maybe other people are not overcoming because they don't have the keys. And so everybody that comes on this podcast is giving keys. And one of those keys is a pen and paper. Yes. It's pen and paper. Every single one of these people that I'm interviewing, which is so cool. So pen and paper. If you are listening to this podcast, which of course you are because you're hearing me talk, pen and paper. Do you have a pen and paper that you can start writing things down? You start writing down the word that jumps out from from your Bible. Do you have a paper Bible? It's actually a really good idea to do that. I use my phone a lot, but my paper Bible, there's something, uh, I don't know if it's scientific, there's probably some connection to the brain and paper, but- what we're saying here is there's something powerful about something written down. And also there is some research that's done on us writing, actually the act of writing and our brain. And so I know that we use technology so much to type, which, you know, thank God for technology, but there is something in our brain when we write 
that clicks in. And so I just, I'm just picking up on that just right now, as you're talking about writing in your journal. So Janelle, you gave us amazing points. We are leaning into the word of God because the word of God is truth. And the truth that we understand is what sets us free. And we can lean on the word of God and sure, there might be a diagnosis in place. And that might be like, you know, a friend of mine that is overcoming cancer right now. The diagnosis is cancer, but she is leaning on Jesus. That's the diagnosis. That's the information, but she's not leaning on it. She's leaning on Jesus. And we're actually going to have her in a future podcast just because I want people to sense awesome. the, that how, how Jesus really is the name above all names. He is the name above mental illness. He is the name above cancer. He is the name above infertility. He is the name above every, everything that the world says, there's nothing higher than this name. So thank you so much for being here. Would you pray for everybody in whatever way the Holy Spirit moves you to? Yes. Yes. Lord, I just thank you for every listener today. I thank you for every person that's listening that has something that's popped up in their mind and they're like, this isn't the truth. I haven't been living by the truth. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for just giving that person a deposit of your word that they can stand on as their, as the final word that your word is the final word, that your word trumps every other thing that the world has said, every lie. So we hold on to your word. We lean on to who you are, Jesus, and your word, and we declare it out of our mouth. We write it down in journals. We make it plain. So God, I thank you for transforming the hearts, the minds of every listener and helping us to lean into you with our thoughts, to lean into you with every step that we take throughout the day. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on this still journey. I think God's up to something really cool, you guys. So stick with us. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And keep up with us at john1930.com. That's our website. It's actually a shortcut to tetelestyministries.com. And there you'll find conferences. You'll find our online courses and our resources. And we'd love for you to check out all the things that we have to equip and empower the body of Christ. And you are the body of Christ, by the way. You're so important to the kingdom. We love you tons and we will see you next time.